What's up everybody, GenX Dividend Investor here. In this video I tell you what the 7 levels of financial freedom are and how dividends can accelerate your progress towards FIRE, aka financial independence retire early. So if you appreciate content like this, then please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. Now have you ever wanted to grab a Chipotle burrito for lunch, but you knew that your bank account would complain? Well, that's what happened to a guy named Grant Sabatier, who realized at 24 years old that something in his life had to change. I mean, think about it. You make money, you spend it on stuff, a lot of which you don't really need, and then you rinse repeat that cycle day after day. That hamster wheel of work and then spending what you just made can be a never-ending reality for some people. Most folks work 9-5 to five jobs until they're in their late 60s or 70s, and then they finally retire on Social Security or something like it. Now, poor Grant didn't even have a job at that point, and it really sucked not having enough money to afford a delicious burrito. But he didn't know how to change things, so he started reading personal finance books. He also decided to start learning about online digital marketing and making websites. He learned that he needed to live frugally and to save and invest to enable a real retirement as well as to have cash in the bank when he wanted a burrito. Even if you have a job, it's still smart to start a side hustle, to diversify your income streams and maybe to learn some new skills. Hopefully you can take that side hustle cash and then invest it in quality dividend stocks or a dividend ETF. Every dime you invest in quality dividend stocks increases your cash flow now, which means it's pushing you closer to retirement faster. And the more cash flowing assets you own, the less reliance you'll have on needing a job. So each passive income dollar flowing in buys you freedom. It buys you more time in the future. It enables you to stop trading your time for money and it makes your money work for you. I can't overstate how important time is. As Morgan Housel said, the highest form of wealth is the ability to wake up every morning and say, I can do whatever I want today. Trust me, it's absolutely amazing. Now a realization I had a while ago was that spending a dollar today is like losing out on $15 to $20 down the road had I invested it instead. I mean, if you're decades away from retirement, then the compounding aspect of a dollar invested today becomes massive. So I like to multiply the price of whatever I'm thinking of buying by $15 or $20 and then ask myself if it's still worth it. Like, do I need that extra pair of sweet Nikes for 200 bucks, Or could I get away with a $100 pair of sneakers and then invest the other $100 into good dividend stocks? I bet $100 invested today will be worth around $2,000 a few decades down the road. Anyways, Grant was able to learn new digital skills and he applied them successfully and ultimately achieved fire in his 30s and became a millionaire. He then wrote a book about his learnings called Financial Freedom, A Proven Path to All the Money You Will Ever Need, which apparently is popular in the FIRE movement and it includes a step-by-step -step framework designed to help readers become financially free. I'll include an Amazon link to his book in the description of this video. As an Amazon associate, I earn from qualifying purchases. Okay, now Grant sees money as a means to give you more choices in how you want to live, not just something that allows you to buy things. And a cool thing Grant created was this chart defining what the seven levels of financial freedom are. The first level he called the clarity phase because that's where you gain clarity about your financial situation. So you can write down your assets, your liabilities, your expenses, and ultimately your cash flows. You should intimately understand all the money coming in and going out, and writing it down can help you see trends and anomalies. Your goal is to eliminate surprises as well as identify areas for improvement. Like you should be aware when your insurance bill goes up, and then you can decide if you want to take any action. Or maybe you'll realize that having four streaming services is more than you really need, so you can cut things down to two. Or maybe instead of paying for extra Apple storage for your photos, you move things to Google Photos instead. Trim what you can trim. Anyways, this first level of financial freedom is important to do properly, as it helps you understand your path to retirement. 
Personally, I love using spreadsheets to track my expenses and income, as well as my dividend portfolios, but there are lots of tools you can use. I like to be aware of what my current dividend income is in my taxable account, as well as what my potential dividend income could be if I withdrew early from my retirement accounts, and I also like to review how my dividend cash flow is expected to grow over time. The important part is to get in the habit of managing and reviewing all of that information. After level 1 comes level 2, aka self-sufficiency, and this is where 50% of US workers are at. Specifically, this is when you've moved out of your parents' house and you're making enough money to cover your own expenses, but not much else, so you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you might even be taking on loans to make ends meet. Fun fact, 31% of working Americans making over $100,000 a year live paycheck to paycheck, according to Magnify Money. Now, most people make it to level 2 in their early 20s, though for some it happens sooner and some later. Bottom line, this level is when you're finally making it on your own without needing outside financial support. And if you're barely making ends meet, then you gotta cut expenses and or increase your income. People can usually be a lot more frugal than they realize. Heck, if you're my dad, you turn off your pilot light and your water heater when you leave for the weekend. I don't know if that's smart, but he's the most frugal person I've ever met, so food for thought. Point being is that there are always ways to get more creative to cut down your expenses. Okay, so in terms of how you could achieve this freedom level via dividends, well, a simple way to calculate how big of a portfolio you would need is to divide your annual expenses by whatever you think a reasonable portfolio yield would be. Like if your annual expenses were 30k a year and you thought you could build a portfolio at a 4% yield overall, then $30,000 divided by 0.04 equals 750 grand. That means you would need a $750,000 dividend portfolio at an average weighted yield of 4% to generate $30,000 of dividends a year. Of course, you could potentially get more income doing options, or doing a variety of other things. Anyways, I just wanted to share the formula even though this level isn't when you'd have that kind of portfolio. Moving on, the third level of financial freedom is called breathing room. You achieve this point when you're able to pay off all your expenses and you still have some money left over, which you use to start saving and investing. Thus, this is when you have an emergency fund as well as brokerage accounts. That means your dividend snowball can start compounding and growing. Nice. Moving on, we get to level 4, which Grant calls stability, which is when you have no bad debt and you've got a 6-month emergency fund. No high interest debt is a huge milestone to achieve, as is a 6-month emergency fund, so this level has a much smaller subset of people who get there, and it's nice not just for financial health, but also for mental health. I mean, as your finances improve, you'll often feel less stress, and you'll realize that you can achieve your retirement dreams if you keep working at it. Now some folks think that an emergency fund has to be cash in the bank, and others say it's your liquid assets, so they would include your portfolios as part of your potential emergency savings. Obviously your portfolio isn't as guaranteed as cash in the bank, but it is something you could tap in an emergency. However, for this exercise you don't want to count on using credit cards as part of your emergency fund, even if that's what you end up doing. Now the average American household spends about $61,000 a year on bills. That includes housing, transportation, food, blah blah blah, all of which can dramatically vary based on household size, where you live, health issues, etc. And if 61k per year is the average annual spend on bills, then that means that the average 6 months emergency fund should be about half that or about 30 grand. Having 30 grand liquid is no joke, which is part of why going from level 3 to 4 is a big deal. Leave me a comment down below telling me if you have at least a 6 month emergency fund. I found a 2022 survey from Bankrate.com that said that 27% of households had enough savings to cover at least 6 months of expenses, 22% had enough saved to cover 3 to 5 months worth of expenses, 28% had some savings but less than 3 months worth of expenses, and then 23% had no savings at all. So about 51% of households in America have less than 3 months of savings. This graph shows us that 32% of adults in the US are very uncomfortable with their emergency fund. 
26% are somewhat uncomfortable, 29% are somewhat comfortable, and only 13% are very comfortable. And then if we look by generation, we see that 40% of millennials have the ability to cover three months worth of expenses. 47% of Generation X can cover three months, and 62% of boomers can. So if you are one of those people with little to no emergency savings, then realize that's where lots of people are. But you can change. Work on cutting your expenses hard and also focus on driving your income up. Pay off your high interest bad debt and then work to save one month of expenses and then go from there. The fact that you're even watching a video like mine shows me that you're serious about improving your financial health, so I know you can do it. I've been in seriously depressing financial spots before, so I can understand it if you just lost your job and are underwater. But don't give up. Things can radically change in a year's time, even if you can't see a good way forward right now. Just keep trying. Okay, after level 4 comes the flexibility level, aka level 5. This is when you have two years worth of expenses that are saved up and easily accessible. So the average household would need two years times 60k per year expenses, which equals 120k in emergency funds. At that point you could take a year or two off work and theoretically be fine. Probably not smart to do, but you have that flexibility to do so if needed. Next up is financial independence aka level 6, which is when you can live solely off the income generated by your investments. You probably will still need to monitor swings in your portfolio to make sure everything is still going according to plan. To get to this point it means you either have a large stock portfolio and or you have rental properties or something like that and now you can finally walk away from that 9 to 5 job if you want. It also means that you've probably been investing a high percentage of your income for a long time and that you might have been living below your means. The more frugal you live and the higher the percentage of your income you invest intelligently, the sooner you can make it to this level 6 stage. Now I already showed you the formula for figuring out how big of a dividend portfolio you would need if your goal was paying all your expenses using only dividends, but since doing that is out of reach for most people, then a more doable approach is if you use dividends and you had to sell some shares. So let's take a look at a tool I created called the Living on a Portfolio Simulator, which models what it would be like to retire on a dividend portfolio that didn't generate enough in dividends each year to cover your bills, so you also had to sell some shares. It's a tool in my spreadsheet product that my Patreon aristocrats and kinks can use as part of their monthly subscription. So the fields in yellow are where you can put in whatever values you want. In this case I put in a dividend portfolio that is worth 900 grand, and that has a dividend CAGR of 6%, which means that on average the portfolio's dividends are hiked by 6% a year. And the portfolio's average weighted dividend yield is 4%, and that it appreciates 6% a year, with someone who has $60,000 of expenses each year. And inflation is at a super high 10%. This tool estimates that with those values, a person's portfolio would run out of money in 16 years. It also lists where your expenses and portfolio value and annual dividends would be at every decade, and then further below it shows how all the values change year over year. So a 900k portfolio at a 4% dividend yield will generate $36,000 of dividends in the first year. But since we said the person spends $60,000 a year on bills, then that means the dividends are $24,000 short of covering the person's needs, which means we sell $24,000 worth of stocks, and we see that the portfolio value still goes up due to stock appreciation. But over time what happens is that inflation makes your expenses go up faster than your stock appreciation combined with your dividend hikes, so eventually the portfolio dies. Now if we change inflation to be a more reasonable 4%, then this tells us that now the portfolio should last 37 years. Or if inflation were even lower at 3% a year, then this portfolio would never run out of money. Now let's model what a normal household that is about to retire might look like. Let's say you have a husband and wife who have both been working and have built up a $300,000 portfolio. The average Social Security benefit for a retired person in the US is about $1,548 a month, which is about $18,500 a year. Since there are two of them that have been working, that means they would be eligible to collect $37,000 a year in Social Security. 
If that couple had $60,000 of annual expenses, then that means they would be short $23,000 a year. Okay, a $300,000 portfolio at a 6% CAGR, 4% yield, 6% stock appreciation with $23,000 of remaining expenses at a 3% inflation rate would last 33 years. Nice. If they retired at 62 years old, then this estimates that they could continue on at their standard of living until age 95 just from Social Security plus their 300k dividend portfolio. Remember, this is just an estimating tool making some broad assumptions which won't necessarily be accurate, but it is helpful to see how retirement could play out, and most importantly I think that for most of you, your retirement will work out fine. So don't stress out if you're 40 years old and have no portfolio. Let's use a tool I have called the Portfolio Growth Simulator, which we can use to see what a 40-year-old with no portfolio could build. So we start with $0 invested and build a dividend portfolio that has a 6% dividend CAGR, a 4% starting yield, a 1.75% stock appreciation a quarter, and which someone invests $500 a quarter into, which is only about 5 bucks a day. This says that in about 30 years, that person could have built a portfolio of 350 grand if they were reinvesting the dividends, ideally in a Roth. So even a 40-year-old starting from zero should easily be able to build a 300k portfolio by the time they retire. And retirement takes us to the seventh and final level of financial freedom, aka abundant wealth, which is when you have more money than you'll ever need. That's when my portfolio growth simulator says that you'll never run out of money because your dividends and stock appreciation grow faster than your expenses and inflation. And then social security or other income would just be additional gravy. Dividends are truly amazing. I mean, right now as the markets look crappy and those non-dividend investors are sweating it, we dividend investors are getting real cash in our pockets by simply being owners in great companies. I know people that are down over 50% in their non-dividend portfolios right now, and meanwhile, many of us in the conservative blue-chip dividend space are getting income from our portfolios, which also happen to be down less than 10% from their peak. Win-win. Okay, now let's talk about the concept called FIRE, which originated in a book called Your Money or Your Life by Vicky Robin and Joe Dominguez. I'll include an Amazon link to a copy of their book in the description below. As most of you know, FIRE is a movement aimed at assisting people in achieving financial independence where your savings and investment incomes cover the majority of your expenses, whether you're living solo or in a family. The acronym is officially Financial Independence Retire Early, though some people say it should be Financial Independence Recreational Employment, which I like more. In the FIRE movement, they have a term called your FIRE number which is basically how big your portfolio needs to be so that your investment's annual return can sufficiently cover your expenses. So dividend income plus potentially selling shares, and for some that might also include options income. Heck, for some people it could include lending out your shares. Most people in the FIRE community aim for a FIRE number, aka portfolio size, that is 25 times their estimated annual expenses. That's called the rule of 25. So you multiply your monthly expenses by 12 to get your annual expenses, and then you multiply that by 25 to get your FIRE number, or the amount you'll need to retire. Like if your monthly expenses are 4k, you multiply that by 12 to get your annual expenses of 48k. Multiply that by 25, and you have your FIRE number of 1.2 million. Your FIRE number is unique to you and your lifestyle goals. Now, 22% of millennials hope to retire before they hit 60 years old, according to a Vanguard survey. So I'll show you some data in a moment that shows you various FIRE numbers based on your annual income and spending. Also, you've got to realize that there's some risks if you're on the fire path that you should think about. I mean, your portfolio could fall more than you estimated it could, or your companies could cut their dividends, or you could develop new health issues, all of which could throw your cost estimates off. Okay, there are three main types of fire, and then there are some lesser known types. The first is called traditional fire, or regular fire, where you get to a point that your investment income is greater than or equal to your expenses. Thus, you can quit your job and enjoy the same level of spending that you have today. Another well-known type of fire is called lean fire, where you have enough investments to cover your essential expenses, but not enough to cover your discretionary stuff. 
Essential means housing, food, utilities, and stuff like that, whereas discretionary means vacations, a new Xbox, whatever. Lean fire is easier for very frugal people, and it's faster to achieve than traditional fire. And then we have fat fire, which is when you're able to retire on higher expenses and you're vacationing more and doing whatever. Obviously fat fire is going to take the longest time to achieve, but it also enables the greatest financial flexibility. Then there's something called barista fire, which is when you have enough investments to cover a portion of your expenses and so you take a part-time job to make up the shortfall, like maybe you work at Starbucks a few days a week. Barista fire is more achievable since it has a lower portfolio value that's needed and hopefully doing something like working at Starbucks or somewhere will be less stressful than your current job. So maybe some part-time job nets you 10k a year and then your investments are enough to get you to be able to barista fire. Another fire type is called coast fire. Now this has nothing to do with the beach, but instead it's about coasting once your portfolio is growing enough on its own. I.e. for years you work and invest aggressively so that eventually you can relax more while still holding an easier job once your investments are growing adequately on their own. AKA you're coasting in a simple low stress job. Or maybe you have one of those jobs that makes a lot of money and you're already coasting. Nice. And beyond those types there's something called obese fire, which is when you retire with 5 million or more in assets. And then there's slow fire, which is actually what most people do, i.e. they contribute to a 401k as the decades go on until they finally retire in their 60s. Okay, another view of how you can become financially free is this chart I found on 4pillarfreedom.com. They created this grid that shows how many years it will take you to achieve financial independence based on your annual income and spending, where financial independence is having a portfolio worth 25 times your annual expenses. They've assumed that you'll earn 5% returns and that you'll withdraw an inflation-adjusted equivalent of 4% of your portfolio each year once you achieve financial independence. This graph was based on some info that Mr. Money Mustache shared, who is a well-known financial dude. As an example, if you spend 50k a year and your after-tax annual income is 80k, then this says it will take you 23.1 years until you can retire. Or if you can drive your expenses down to 30k a year, then that same after-tax 80k person can retire in 11.5 years. This chart should really drive home the point about how important it is to control your expenses as well as how important it is to invest. Okay, and then here's an even simpler chart that Mr. Money Mustache created that the previous chart was based off of. This shows you how long it will take you to retire based on your savings investing rate as a percentage of your take-home pay. So if you invest 10% of your take-home money, then it should take you 51 years to retire. If you invest 20% of your take-home pay, it should take you 37 years to be able to retire. Or if you can really skimp on things and invest 40% of your take-home pay, then you can retire in 22 years. This means that a middle-class family with a 40k take-home pay that manages to invest 15% of their take-home income would require 43 years to retire, which is about what you'd expect if you worked until your 60s. Since most millennials want to retire before 60, which is about 40 working years, assuming they start working at around age 20, then they would need to be investing at least 20% of their take-home pay to accomplish that goal. These graphs clearly point out that it's all about your investing percentage relative to your pay and expenses, and that a 5% shift away from expenses and into investing can significantly decrease your time to retirement. Feel free to screenshot these charts and use them as part of your estimating planning processes, realizing that they have some assumptions baked into them that aren't guaranteed to be perfect, but should paint the picture for you. And realize that a lot of this I'm sharing are big generalizations, and things don't always go according to plan, and one size doesn't fit all. Whatever you do, no need to freak out or worry about how hard it'll be to retire. Just work on living more frugally and watch your expenses. Don't be wasteful, but also do some things that you enjoy in life, some of which will include spending money. Don't invest to the point that it kills you, but also do focus on it. Some people love working, and if you're one of those lucky few, then great, do what you love. Some people have more debt or have families, etc. So everyone has their own individual path they'll go on in this life. 
My goal is to share my experiences and insights and show what's possible in hopes of making people realize things they can do to get on a better financial path. It's hard to retire before age 60 or even 50, but it is possible. Okay, now I'd like to shout out my newest Patreon aristocrats who managed to sign up since my last video. If you're interested in getting access to my spreadsheet product and the other benefits of my Patreons, then go to patreon.com, search for Gen X Dividend Investor, and if I have any seats open at the Aristocrat or King tier, then sign up, and within a few hours I'll email you instructions on how to access my spreadsheet, along with we'll share some private tutorial videos on how to use it. I tend to sell out of seats quickly when I open them up, and I limit access due to the support I provide. So thank you Derek R for signing up. Thank you Zodi. And thank you AP2020, who signed up for a full year to get the 10% discount. Aristocrats gain access to my dividend portfolio tracker spreadsheet, which I use in lots of my videos, and they get special access to various private channels on my Discord, including one which lets you watch my videos before I release them publicly on YouTube, as well as lets you vote on which thumbnails I should use, and of course you get more direct access to me. They also get a shoutout, as you just heard, and I add them to my scrolling news tickers on my videos. Finally, I urge everyone to join my free dividend Discord chat server, which has thousands of dividend investors on it from around the world. Regardless of what you do, please hit the thumbs up button, subscribe if you haven't yet, and click that bell notification. Thanks for watching, stay positive, and I'll talk to you again real soon. I am not a financial advisor, and these videos are for entertainment, inspiration, and educational purposes only. Investing of any kind involves risk. I am only sharing my opinion with no guarantee of gains or losses on investments.